0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. It's Joey here, and today I'm joined by Ty and Paul to talk about training with injuries. Ty recently copped a pretty gnarly injury to his elbow, and so thought it'd be a good opportunity to dive into that and have a bit of a chat in general about the process of being injured, how that affects your mindset, and what it looks like when you are on a consistent training trajectory, and then you cop an injury, and just sort of how it fits into the whole scheme of things. So, hope you enjoy the chat. Also, on a technical issue, I need to apologize. We've had some issues getting our show published on iTunes and Google Podcasts of late. It was to do with us changing our website a few weeks ago. Um, The shows have been coming up on Spotify, but they haven't been coming up on the other platforms. So I have it fixed now, uh, but what it means is we haven't had an episode come up on those other platforms or even on Spotify. I didn't want to release anything new until I knew we'd fixed the problem. Uh, So... The problem is fixed thank you for bearing with us here we are hope you enjoy the show hey guys joey here i wanted to tell you about a couple of really cool courses we've got coming up here at the gym soon the first is our movement workshop this is happening in may and it is the first time we've run this this is two days where you'll learn the foundational approach we use to building robust durable humans so we cover all of the exercises and training techniques we use in the gym from movement, bodyweight strength, barbell, kettlebell work, and mobility training. And you will leave the course with a global understanding of how you can apply these exercises to people at any stage of their training journey. The course is for anyone. So for people who are just looking to expand their own exercise arsenal through to coaches and gym owners who want to upgrade their knowledge. There are no prerequisites to enroll. We're looking at two pretty big full days here at the gym. Lots of training in that one. Uh, The second course is our coaches intensive and this we've run quite a bit. This will be coming up in June this year and this is where you learn the key skill sets required to become a world-class coach and build a successful PT business. So everything from programming through to coaching essentials like public speaking, leadership, community building and even sales and marketing so you can learn how to sell your services while staying true to your values uh that is also a full weekend and uh, you can find information on both of those courses at the jungle alliance website so that is junglealliance.com uh, forward slash upcoming dash courses and you can see it all there if you are interested and you want to enroll you do get a discount for being a listener of the podcast you can use the code jbpodcast and you'll get 20 percent off your enrollment so uh Movement workshops coming up in May and the coaches' intensive coming up in June. I hope to see you there. I will be facilitating both of those workshops myself. All right, let's get into the episode. Guys, we fucked up on the tech side again, but it's not my fault. I apologize. You guys are sharing a mic. Paulie's got the short straw once again.
1: I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
0: (laughs) He got to swing the mic from one side of the table to the other to get a word in. So, um, yeah, apologies, uh, technical issues, but we'll overcome once we can talk with someone who knows how to fix this shit. (laughs) Uh, Big Ty, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. Guys, Boogie Bandit, you know Ty, Coach Ty, down here at Jungle Brothers, uh, handstand coach, the breaker, the hip-hop guy, um, soon-to-be family man. It. Little baby oh, bro, I didn't even say congratulations on the engagement. Thanks, bro. Yeah, that happened while I was away.
2: Yeah, yeah, Sunday.
0: Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. That was um tell me, so your, the, the baby shower is is this Sunday? Yeah. Was that planned to engage to get engaged right before that? Like is this kind of a party to cover all?
2: Oh, uh, I guess it sort of worked out that way. Initially I had planned to do it at the baby shower. Oh, not a good idea. Why is that? Uh, I had a chat to one of my clients about it, and she was pretty much just like, don't do that. Like, it's a bad idea. Um, you don't want her to ugly cry in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> to ugly cry. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that, like, you know, the baby shower is supposed to be about the baby. Yeah. Don't want it to be like about, about, about the engagement. And if we do it the week before, she gets to have her moment to herself. She gets to let it settle, and then she can show it off to everybody else. Oh, that's a that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Did she
0: ugly cry when you proposed? No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if she did, I wouldn't say either.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! Um, so that's this Sunday, and that's like, and from what I can tell, it's a pretty big baby shower. Like, it's wide-reaching, a yeah. lot of friends, a lot of family.
2: Yeah, it's a bit of an event. I think we're depending if everyone comes that confirmed, but I think we got close to a hundred people. Holy shit! Yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah, man. That's it's cool. gonna be a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, we got a band got some got some styling happening in terms of the venue ah yeah one of our one of our friends who's an interior designer managed to get a couple of bits and pieces together yeah and then all the aunties just making filipino food oh wow yeah will there be fried chicken maybe
0: don't know <sighs> fucking yeah. cool i'm excited for that it's gonna be sick um did you do anything paul like that with any of your three did you ever have baby showers or did
1: tash have baby shower yeah she did i don't remember any of them no, maybe I probably attended them, but um, they were definitely not the big Tongan baby showers or the big island Island baby showers. Islander
0: ones are typically big?
1: Yeah, especially the Tongan ones. They're huge. They spend like thousands of dollars on the cake and the venue. It's ridiculous.
0: Really? Absolutely. Like it's kind of up there oh, with like a... No, I
1: think I'm getting mixed up with the first birthday. Uh, okay. Yeah, I am. I'm getting mixed up. Fuck.
0: There's a, There's like no shortage of reasons to have... So, like for celebrations like that Once kids are involved Is there
2: No totally And I think like I've learned in the Filipino culture With, um, with Clarice and her family It's pretty much like Any excuse For all the family To get together Right you know, that Every event is like an event Because they They like reach out Invitation to their Extended family And their cousins And godparents And that kind of stuff So Yeah
0: I went to a um, One of my friends When I was growing up A guy called Robbie Seabug Was a Filipino dude and uh, I went to his sister's wedding and it was like his older sister and we were like punk teenagers uh, hanging around the shopping centre and stuff and uh, I can't remember how it happened he's like oh my sister's getting married on the weekend like you guys should come so a couple of us were like okay we went along and it was at some church out west and it was it was enorm- huge reception hundreds of people I don't think I've ever been to a wedding that big and um, you know we're kind of participating sort of begrudgingly in whatever's going on and they they did the bit where the thing gets pulled off the 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 bride's leg yeah Yeah, the garter belt and thrown oh yeah and it's like who's gonna catch it and um it uh they threw it and it it was it was actually it was me and robbie and a couple of the tongan twins john and josh and uh the thing landed right in front of us and because we were like 15 or whatever we all we like jumped back and we we're like Ugh, i'm not touching it i don't fucking want to. you get it no bro it's closer to you kind of thing and they were like ah oh, stop 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 and they're like do it again and so they they re-threw the thing and we all felt a bit guilty so i was like fuck it and i caught it and um the i can't remember how it played out but there was the the process was that i had to go back and put it on her leg is that standard operating procedure
2: so, <laughs> I, so I, I don't what, what culture is this? She's Filipino. Okay. Yeah. I don't know.
0: So uh, she, she's sitting there and like, everyone's like, around and now it's just me and her and I've got to go and put this thing back like, over her shoe and onto her leg. But because I wasn't one of the family or I wasn't a fellow, they, like, they modified the, the thing to be like, oh, you can just put it on her ankle. Like they didn't want it was yeah so I could and there was this awkward kind of few minute delay while they while the uncles are like deliberate no we can't have this fucking gringo put it on her leg man that's fucked up and so like they're like oh just put on the ankle please and then I put it on it was like and I was like oh this sucks but I remember feeling like I had no idea what the what it was all about doesn't
1: sound very catholic
0: no yeah I was like this is a bit risque my mate's older sister. Damn Yeah
2: I don't know about that
1: But let's see
0: how we go this Sunday anyway Oh wait It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a baby shower <laughs> Shit a, it's <laughs> not a wedding
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh man that's cool Yeah um, I just got back from T's gym And I thought I should give you guys a little update uh, oh, okay. Yeah It's uh, The gym's fucking awesome So they For, for, for those listening uh, The gym just had its second flood so they had the big flood which is up north is the north part northern part of new south wales so northern rivers is the area just below queensland border they had a huge flood like fucking earth shattering flood like a month ago and that was where the most amount of damage was done to the gym and it was you know you can see there's like a a meter high tide mark around the place so everything in the gym was essentially submerged shit was floating and then once that receded, that left a layer of mud on everything, which, you know, we all saw, like, on their Instagram stuff. Jungle Ballina, if you want to have a look at the the, the picture of the mud. Really gross, because that was a bunch of, like, sewage and chemicals and, like, agricultural chemicals and fucking... It had all come from Lismore, so a whole town became submerged and then that flooded into their town. So it was, like, just so much stuff, like, gunk in it. But I went up there after they had a second flood, which was, like, what was that, like, two or three weeks later? and that flood was not as big um but still engulfed the gym the gym still filled up with water but luckily for them it was clean water this time so it didn't bring all of that gunk with it and so by the time i got there the place was damp and we you know they were drying stuff out but it didn't stink or anything okay. it was yeah it was actually very it was quite fortunate um, cuz i was like oh like the gym feels kind of i i, I didn't know Oh I don't know, I was expecting the whole town to stink or something, and it didn't. Um, they had told me that it had, it had stunk previously. But yeah, so they were doing that. I went up to lend a hand for a few days, got to hang out, spend some time in the gym, got to coach a few classes, which was novel, because, um, you know, I don't do that much anymore. Um, and got still to see work. still got it, I think, yeah, you know, It's in there. <laughs> the guys were like, man, don't leave us, man. Oh really? Uh, Fuck! That was the best coaching experience I ever had. <laughs> I was like, guys, guys, please, I have got bigger things to do. Um, but, <laughs> um, but the but it was cool. I got to go to T's house. I got to see where they live.
2: It's fucking remote. It's so okay. sick.
0: It's Matt. Did you go?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, when did you go? Uh, we went um, maybe October, October or September last year. Oh wow! Was it? I don't know. It's pretty yeah. awesome, hey? Yeah, so sick. Yeah. So sick. Yeah, it's a vibe. But it's
0: it's like a like you took on a lot. Yeah. It's like middle of a... Like right up the
2: back of a valley. What's their place like? Because from what I saw on the outside, like everything around them was affected, but not in terms of just their place in their house. Their house is actually fine.
0: Yeah, they... They're, they were relatively unscathed. The only flood damage on their property is, um, you know that huge grass area out the front? Yeah. A whole bunch of that, like the river came up to, to cover a whole bunch of that. Okay. And it dumped a bunch of rocks and debris. Wow. Through that area. So the grass is kind of back, yeah. but there's all these boulders and pebbles and stuff through it, which we spent a bit of time on one of the days trying to clear mm. so, they, so we could mow it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the, in the scheme of things, pretty untouched because, like, their neighbour's house had water, like, go right through it and then just, like, exit out of all of the orifices of the house. Damn. And, you know, like, yeah, so people got fucked up. And you can see, like, as that road that goes up and into the place, there's, like, there's just cars that have just been relocated and tumbled and squashed that are just, like, trapped up against trees. So they were really fortunate to just not cop any of that directly.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, How's he doing.
0: Um, he's really good. You know what he's like? He's always he really loves good. It. He fusses on that. Yeah, he does. Uh, you know, we always say it like he loves having a battle on his hands. And I think that that's probably the 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 mother of all battles is like your actual survival yep. and your family survival. Um, you know, you can see the there's ups and downs too because like fuck, everything's actually pretty awesome and then you know you get into the gym and then you're like fuck the reality of it hits you like oh man you know like just the, you know he's trying to grow the business and obviously that has this whole event has slowed down the growth of the business you know and like we well, you know like running a gym is really hard so when you throw that shit in on top of it plus you don't have any money coming in it just it does compound and it gets to you every now and again but i think all in all he's able to look at it and go ah oh, fuck things are good like prospects for the gym are really great the people that are there love it there's new people coming in. I covered some classes so he could do some foundations with, with new people. They're all frothing about it. Nice. So, yeah, I think all in all pretty good. You know, yeah. D and the family and stuff, like T's wife, um, they're all awesome. The kids are fucking great. I asked them, like, if they were freaked out by the floods or anything, and they're like, nah. They're like, it was awesome. There was a river, like, I don't remember what they said. It was like, there's, like, cars and shit coming down here. It was great. You know, like, they found it really fascinating. Did they
1: swear like that? I think they did. Just gone bush now. Gone full bush. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, and how were the general population? I know you mentioned some of the members. Like, what's the general vibe with the people there? Um, mixed. Yeah. Down,
0: up? from what I could tell, fine. You know, um, I didn't, I didn't get into any deep chats with with you know many folk there, but but you know just in my day to day dealings, it was like people seemed pretty good i did i went to a a jitsu academy one night and i rolled with a guy who uh i don't know where he lived but he trained in lismore so that his gym was flooded completely twice um so they were like jujitsu refugees that had been accepted into this other academy in ballina and Mm -hmm. uh uh, he rolled like savage it was good but he um he you could i could see he was a bit depressed about the whole thing Mm. I went to Mullumbimby one day, you know. I almost didn't know that shit had happened in a way, like in those towns. But then I was in Mullumbimby, I went to the hardware store to buy a a charger cable for my phone and I found it and took it off the shelf. And then I noticed that the box had like a layer of dirt on the top of it and I looked and everything in the whole shop had a layer of dirt on it. (laughs) So like potentially the whole shop was underwater for a period there. (laughs) You're like, holy shit, it's like two weeks later and it's just business as usual, you know. Mm -hmm. I think... It's a, people just get back on
1: with it, don't they? How about the climbing gym um, that's being built? Was there any damage to that and how's the progress? Progress looks good.
0: The, from what I can tell, it's all like they're all back on, you know, that the build is like Azza and stuff had been there, I don't know, a month earlier or a few weeks earlier. And from what I can tell, it's progressed a lot since then. Um, it looked like it copped a bit of water damage, but the water just came in and went back out like it was no biggie. Um. yeah that place is coming along yeah yeah fucking like actually you stand you stand in it and you look up at the, the two walls like you're in the middle of the room and the two walls both have an overhang on either side of you and when you look to the top of them it's a little bit like when you'd be in a big studio on set and you look up and you look at the top of it and I actually couldn't quite focus on the top of it because it's so high and it's somehow it's so close to you but so far it's like I couldn't... You can't really get your bearings. It's not Like, the shed that it's in is unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. And th- they don't... They've got those two big doors on the front, which currently are just frames. They don't actually have any, like, skin on the doors, like timber or metal. So, it's just... Everything's sp- all
2: open at the moment.
0: Yeah. So, it's straight through. to. It's pretty... It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That... I mean, that place will be... Like, the whole place there, the gym, the climbing jungle once it it is gonna blow up it's gonna be fucking
2: cool that's so sick
0: yeah yeah it's pretty cool great to
2: see pav um yeah great to catch up with a bunch of crew it was exciting was there much damage to, to the towns or it seemed pretty pretty clean when you when you went through looked pretty clean but i think a lot
0: of the damage is probably behind closed doors you know probably a lot of places that just got fucked up a lot of houses that are on the water and stuff I I don't know that just got inundated you know um yeah like for like you know from my shallow perspective driving through and stuff it kind of looked all right Mm. but yeah like apparently like the the main road in Ballina which I drive on every day um apparently (laughs) when T first when we were first driving down there when they picked me up from the airport Apparently someone saw a tiger shark swimming down that street. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the report's Holy like two shit. tiger sharks <laughs> traveling down the main road, which like, you're like, how is that? Like it's just, all, it's just a street now. Wild. Yeah, it's wild shit. Like, you, I really, it's, yeah, it's really hard to understand. The height of the shed for the climbing jungle, which is about 14 and a half meters based on what I was told, which again is the top of the overhang, which is really hard to perceive, that is how high the water was at its peak in lismore really yeah which is which is which is taller than our gym much taller. you're like how the fuck does how, do, how the fuck is there that much water in a cloud you know yeah it's bananas
1: yeah I, I, I saw those did you see those it was the um their flood footage that came out there's cameras that are on specific valleys and bridges you see them there was time lapses Okay, so you've got like um, a road crossing a, a valley and there's, you know, a body of water underneath it, not a big one. And you just see that fill up and come up to the bottom of the road and then keep going up and up. So you've got like a valley there with a stream at the bottom and then it would just fill and it would just go above the road and it would just kind of, just join these two peaks of a valley with just water. And it was it's just to that kind of effect, like over 10 meters of fucking water. It's crazy. Man the massive body
0: it's some wild shit and it's like scary to i mean we're so well in a way so far we're so fortunate to live in the city with that stuff but yeah like when you get out to t's property you're like fuck you would be at the mercy like they were fortunate but you just i don't know it's it's like the the, i can't remember who i said this to but it's like out there the, the, the 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 jungle is winning the battle like nature's winning it's always and you're just like trying to keep your end you know whereas in the city it's like we're winning because we've got more concrete and more roads and you know kind of thing for better or for worse anyways yeah it was sick the coolest thing actually was uh getting to meet a bunch of his members running a couple classes took me back to when we started this gym and when you know your gym's kind of young uh and you've only got a few people coming in but also just seeing how it's the same people it's the same tribe his crew we had a barbecue on a Saturday people came through hung out we are just hanging out at the gym all day same people there's like that guy he's a builder he's a legend got a few kids yeah T's got him on a few gigs you know like helping him with a few things <laughs> got that guy he's a you know he's like a health coach that guy you know like just that whole same thing of your like the characters that we have here are like those characters exist elsewhere and you can you know if you take the same culture like the, our gym culture you, you will attract those same characters I thought that was really cool classic yeah it's nice um let's segue into this injury piece i want to uh ty you hurt yourself recently mm-hmm. and i thought it would be a good chance for us to have a chat about injuries and just the reality of them and what it's like training with them like from both a physical but also a mental perspective yeah
2: um tell us what happened to you uh so it was just a normal training session i was i was breaking so i was dancing I probably trained for about two two hours already I would say it was quite intense Um, that week I think I was a little bit tired Um, yeah I did all the hard stuff at the start and then I went to another room to the studio and I was just practicing something new and it wasn't even anything super intense like I would consider it close to basic um, in terms of level of difficulty However, I just landed wrong in like a tabletop position and I hyperextended my elbow Which eventually well that tore a ligament. I think the physio called it the collateral ligament on the ulna, So that joins the muscle here on the forearm mm. near the elbow Tore that Tore the ligament. <clears throat> Did you feel it at the time? Yeah I'm not sure if it was my imagination that heard a heard like a pop or a snap sound yep. or if it was a feeling, um, but instantly I felt, yeah, something was wrong. Couldn't, like, my arm just went dead. I just couldn't use it. It was just, it was fucked.
0: Like Dang. Yeah. Tabletop position is like uh, you're, like, back facing the wall, hands pressed down behind you. Yep. Hips are up? Yep. Feel okay. On the floor. Yeah. Yeah, right. So not a really intense position for you to be in at all? No.
2: I would say I I like jumped to that position yeah it's hard to describe what I was doing um, because for the general public it'd be hard to understand but yeah pretty much dynamically yeah it was (laughs) fucking steezy and you guys wouldn't understand (laughs) but it was real basic (laughs) (laughs) dynamically I jumped to that position Um, yeah and then I just felt felt a pop in my elbow Uh, arm went dead and then it was just like yeah I couldn't really I could move it but I tried to test it straight away. I couldn't put any weight on it. I couldn't fully extend it. I couldn't fully flex it so I couldn't even touch my shoulder with my hand. Wow. Um Yeah. And then that was it pretty much. I and kept training. That was the end
0: of your braking career that day. <laughs> and hell no. Now you're under powerlifting. How do you feel about that? Fuck that. <laughs>
2: um no, but it was fine. Like um, yeah like I just tested what I could do I was with one of um, one of my crewmates Chico He was pretty like optimistic about it um, Chico <laughs> He's a G He's a G. Um, but yeah like just kept training And I just tried to do things That I would normally do without using That arm
0: Okay so you can work around it
2: Yeah but as soon as I got back to the gym Because I was supposed to coach that evening I knew that it wasn't right And something was probably like I need to get it checked out because that That'd be something that I'd advise. And then I asked um, Kyron to recommend me his physio. And then I went straight away, got in. And, and they he,
0: they did some manual assessments?
2: Yeah, diagnosed it as a grade two tear. So in terms of grades, you've got grade one, which is like a, a minor tear. And then grade two is supposed to be hanging on. And then grade three is a full rupture. Okay. So you diagnose it as, as a grade two. But for me, because I have no education, I was like, grade two. I was like, yeah, sweet, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, good. sounds early
0: you, you figure there's like five grades at least Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally um,
2: But yeah, like maybe it was a 1. 1. 1.5 Maybe it wasn't a 2 Because now I'm almost back to normal Okay, Yeah.
0: how long ago did you do it?
2: Three weeks Okay Physio said four to six weeks for full recovery
0: Yeah, right
1: I want to ask you about the physio and stuff But um, maybe just for the folks Can you let them know You're training for a long-term goal And that's the Olympics, am I right? Um, can you tell us a little bit about like what your training is and like, you know Your breakdancing obviously you love it But you're also kind of tapping into that sport and competition side of breaking I know that you've been Doing battles getting experience. You're going through some training Uh with a coach being jt, right? Um, yeah, can you just lay that out to give a bit of perspective for this because you're on a you're on a path It's not just like breaking for just for fun. You know what I mean? um yeah tell the people
2: okay um so uh breaking has been accepted for what we know into the 2024 olympics in paris um and we had word of it i would say one to two years ago within the breaking community they did a test i think it was 2020 or 2021 at the youth olympics in south america uh, and that was to see how it'd go and then yeah like i said from what we know it's been accepted to 2024 i'd initially actually came to jungle brothers for a coach to go to the olympics oh wow yeah and, and no i didn't know that yeah, that, that was, was that when you came in with clarice the first time yeah so it was actually it was two years ago <laughs> it was two years ago because clarice she came here first right and then yep. she's like you got to come to the space like the guys are cool like you'll love it blah 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 i was a little bit hesitant um but yeah i walked in and i was like okay cool this is a sick space um yeah i i teed it up with tea to do my coaching and then fucking three months later he planted the seed and was like you've got to become a coach
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so it's like right this is gonna get you to the olympics you need to work here pretty much (laughs) pretty much
2: um but yeah going back in terms of that was initially why i came here uh obviously it's kind of gone this way and that way in terms of how to get there because a lot of things have changed in the past 2 years since also being in the space and trying to start my own business do a new job do a new role also be amongst a whole bunch of new people um so it's been a bit challenging but going towards the olympics i guess it's a it's a big it's a big um big goal to have and in terms of the level here there are actually a lot of people that are that are aiming for it it's a really big opportunity because um, level be, here,
0: as in Australia, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like I would say, there's maybe a dozen people that have really taken it seriously and started to really put all their energy into heading towards that direction. Because it'd just be a sick story, right? Like you could just say, "Fuck, I just went to the Olympics for breaking." Yeah, you know. Um, and then in that sense, like I would say, six, six to eight months ago, I really stepped up in terms of my own training because um, training with t was great and you know i got heaps of exposure especially to gymnastic strength training that kind of stuff but in terms of learning and developing obviously having to go into the coaching realm took me in a different way in terms of athleticism and athletic development and then i approached jt your boy bulletproof oh yeah um
0: got on that bulletproof method that's he's it like, bro
2: perfect for bjj breaking whatever you want to do it's the program exactly exactly um so he's been helping me out with my programming And yeah, so I do strength training usually two times a week And then I break if I can two to three times And then here and there I'll do a couple of sessions with him uh, One-on-one doing like plyometrics and that kind of stuff Okay Yeah That's yeah. cool That can answer your question
1: Yeah, it does So it's 2024 you say? Yeah. Is there, Um, I know it's a fair way out but can you pull the curtain back to, for us, like for some of the discussions or the the long-term plan with JT? Like, has he spoken, oh, this year we're going to do this, next six months, and then obviously you're going to taper it in towards, you know, competitions along the way and then taper it into the Olympics? Is there that sort of planning? Do you Can you speak on that at all?
2: Um, I guess, like, I, I don't necessarily have much uh, transparency in terms of, like long-term work in that kind of sense um him, yeah, exactly. yeah pretty much i just i just follow the program he's yeah. the guy i tell him what's going on and then i just do what he says uh in terms of how the qualification process works from my understanding this is the last year to qualify because next year is going to be development for the for the dancers or for the athletes uh-huh. so there's been a battle every month and i actually have a battle tomorrow
0: oh yeah and these sorry these are qualification
2: events? Yeah, so the process is um, it's based on point accumulation. You earn points by how well you do in a competition, and then the other way to earn points is by your attendance at athletic development sessions. However, since COVID has happened, there haven't been any of those sessions as of late. Uh, but because this is also the last year, there's been an event pretty much every month. Holy shit. Yeah, so... It's on
0: It's an intense year yeah. for that
2: Yeah How many people get selected? One Oof <laughs> uh, One male, one female From Australia From, from what I know uh, That's that's like Oceania So I think that's Australia, New Zealand And maybe the Pacific We're not part of Asia um, There's still a little bit of grey Because not everything is 100% confirmed But it's not a team thing It's a one-on-one thing wow. So maybe they'll select four you know, though I might have yeah, one yeah. backup yeah. of each, but from my understanding, like it's very like cutthroat.
1: Damn, that's savage. Yeah, they might select four to go into the next phase next year and then only one person at the end of that yeah. tub deal. Fuck. <coughs> ah, that's mad. That's man, that's yeah, that's awesome. That's a fucking lofty goal to be chasing. Oh yeah. Do you
0: feel um how do you feel about it? Do you feel a sense of like pressure in, in being in that kind of level of competition, or are you just kind of relishing the opportunity and
2: oh, I think it comes in waves, like you know definitely for for me, there's a lot going on, you know, babies during two months, proposed just the last weekend. It's mainly the baby trying to, try, trying to run my own business, yeah. Trying to make money, and then trying to be an athlete as well. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of pressure, it's a lot of pressure. Uh, the past two competitions i think i put too much pressure on myself and i didn't do as well as what i would usually do just because of mental pressure um so to be honest getting injured three weeks ago was a big relief
0: because it just took you it put like
2: paused things oh not necessarily paused it was just like sweet now i've got like 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 paul said the other week like now now i've got an excuse like it doesn't matter anymore like which is cool like i don't have to care all the time and that's something that i'm starting to realize like in terms of like competing and breaking and maybe this is relative for other competitions you do want to try hard however you shouldn't care of the result You know, so you shouldn't necessarily put the pressure on yourself extra mentally um, of what you're going to do. You know, it shouldn't dictate how you dance or how you perform as an athlete. It's more about like, I've done all that I can and now I just do the thing and I just surrender to the thing and whatever happens, happens. And usually, like I've noticed when I'm a lot more careless, I'm a lot more authentic to how I break and i dance a lot better yeah because the last battle that i won was in december we had a lot of shit going on that time too like i think it was the same morning or the day before we moved house and then i had the battle um so i was already like tired and organizing like the whole move and clarice was like not necessarily capable of doing any of the lifting and that kind of stuff it was just like me and my brother so we had to organize it all and then yeah did the battle i won and it was like sweet time to go home (laughs) you know yeah And I I remember, like, specifically, that was the first event that I had been to just after, like, lockdown. Um, And it was just nice. It was nice to be, like, in the culture surrounded by heaps of people from the community that you don't see, like, very often. And the tunes were good. It was good vibes. And it was just, like, so much more gratitude for being in that space, for not having that for so long
0: tell me about the what you mentioned there with the the idea of showing up to competition and you've done what you can and now it's like let just let the skills kind of speak for themselves and that sort of approach is that that talks to me that's always been my sort of view of competition with jiu-jitsu and, and i never really liked competition i always mm. just did it you know i didn't like the pressure which is kind of a little bit what i pick up from what you're saying like you don't necess- it's hard to put your best performance forward when you are feeling that pressure But I do know this of Coach JT that he sees competition very much as you go there to win. Yeah, Like, when we talk about it a lot, we obviously have the the Bulletproof podcast and, you know, he's like, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm going to fucking, you know, take heads. And I'm like, I'm showing up to have a good time. Like, you know, they're not my enemies. I'm I'm, I'm rolling down with these guys before we roll, you know. And he's like, nah, nah, that's not how I see it at all kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And it's just a different approach. How does that work for you being in a coaching scenario with him do you guys butt heads on that or is there a middle ground that you're both able to work with
2: oh I definitely think there was a there's a middle ground because um, when I first started en- en- engaging with him um I would say my mental strength wasn't as good there was a lot more doubts and there's a lot more like oh I'm not sure if I'm capable or can I really do it and you know like that kind of stuff like feels like super out of reach um but because he's so like In his way of like fuck everybody else Like you go to win um, It sort of gives you That extra sense of confidence in yourself To be like yeah fuck that guy Like you know like I'm cool Like I'll just do my thing And I think that's where you want that balance right Like you want that balance to You have a good time and you, you do your thing But whoever steps in front of you It doesn't affect that vibe And I think that's sort of my opinion of um. yeah, you go to win, but, like, it's never about the person in front of you, right? Like, it's always about your own performance, so it doesn't matter. And that's why it's, like, yeah, like, I i don't like to say I'll do my best, but, you know, like, yeah, you are there to win. Like, it is serious, but at the same time, like, you are there to sort of also enjoy yourself because that's why you do it. You do it because you like it. What do you think about
0: the the transition looking at a sport like that which is Mm non-professional now it's in this kind of you know this this interesting transition phase where it's going to become an olympic sport potentially and if you look ahead to like 20 years from now and there's you know as we know when things get into the olympics and they become popular then you get leagues start to pop up and then it becomes a professional sport yeah so it goes from being this thing that hip-hop enthusiasts and you know especially like breaking enthusiasts where it's a very cultural thing it's like we we hang out we put some music on we we dance that's how we express ourselves to now there's competitions there's prize money there's um uh, status and grandeur that comes along with winning it obviously starts to then change it can change the culture not necessarily at that grassroots level but you know you get these people who are like like all of a sudden, when you got big competitions, you got people who are like, "I'm doing this. I'm going in to win." Like that's fucking it. I'm yeah. highly competitive, and I just want to. It's I don't even You know, maybe they they're not as interested in the culture, uh, but they're more interested in in winning. You know, through that. How do you see that? Like, you know, being at this early stage of it.
2: Well, um, funny enough, like we're already in that stage. So, I guess people don't because there's not a light. On it, and if you're not in the community, you don't really know. Um, Australia is a little bit behind in terms of that scene, but definitely overseas, especially in Europe, um, there are a lot of people that do it full time as a profession, uh, especially as competing. Like the the prize money overseas is enough for a lot of people to do this as their pro thing, and there's already pro athletes that are sponsored by Red Bull. Uh, And there's been a few that have started to get sponsored by Nike and Adidas. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this has been a big discussion in the culture because obviously, like, in terms of competition and athletic um, development and even being a professional in that scene, some people believe, like, a lot of the OGs believe, like, it takes away from the culture. However, like, if you compare it to skating, you know, skating and breaking are pretty much the same. The only difference is skating really took off in terms of the pro scene and, like, getting sponsorship and starting businesses and, you know, all that kind of stuff, having having products for the general public to get involved with it. And I think breaking's is just a little bit behind in the sense of being available to the public um, in all those types of ways. And obviously, like, any type of exposure, whether it's, like, through the Olympics or through, like, competitions is a good thing because it just grows the scene it gets more um, transparency to the general community because there's heaps of kids, there's so many kids out there that want to break and they just don't know where to go, there's no space for them to go to and you know I think that's another discussion but like um, yeah that's another reason why the scene hasn't been able to sustain because people haven't been able to stay within the scene because you can't make money from the scene at the moment but it's changing
0: and that then if people can't make money from it then it means that the spaces aren't created which doesn't give an inroad for the exactly. younger generation exactly. and,
2: and then like the knowledge that they have in terms of um, being in the scene and you know let's say if I compare it to Jiu Jitsu and he's a Jiu Jitsu black belt and he's the only guy that does Jiu Jitsu in, in the town but he can't open a gym he can't run classes so he just goes out and does another another job so yep. all of his knowledge gets taken and then there's a gap.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. When you talk about skating and um, I I think of like the brands that came up through skating that – because now like skating is a fucking huge thing. So many brands, so creative in the same way that breaking is. But, yeah, you're talking about the Nike thing. Like I'd love to – see, and I don't know the scene, but I'd love to see – you know breakers who start their own labels that become the next vans or the next bones and stuff like that because they're inside of it that's kind of would be a when I you know if you were to look at it maybe something that worked well with skating I'd love to see that and not have <laughs> Nike and Adidas just swoop in um and take the individual talents but have like those grassroots people in the culture like coming up with some ways of making you know money out of fucking all the culture that they basically spread everywhere else because they're working on it yeah do a line of merch tie, or you well you know i think he's already you you dabbled yeah yeah used to oh oh yeah. Yes. yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: you got a name what
2: sil 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 yeah it's on the shelf
0: currently missing in action
2: yeah a little bit m.i.a right it was too much too much pressure
0: Right, fucking take it on,
2: man. Yeah, yeah, totally. The people they need do. it. They do. I wanted to start a merch brand for jiu-jitsu
0: Oh. wears Never did it, but there you go. There's the name. People out there. Catchwares. Mad. Fucking do it, bruh. Yeah. I know, I know no, we know how hard it is to do, <laughs> do that shit. <laughs> more money, more time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is a full time gig doing that stuff.
2: Yeah, totally. But there's like there's a couple of brands. Like there's a nice brand from Sydney called Four Walls. Shout out. They um they're from they're from the culture's name's Pat and there's Stacy and there's also uh, Rats. Um
0: Maybe those guys will sponsor your podcast when you kick it off. Maybe. maybe. Guys, big opportunity, it. early days. This guy's gonna be a fucking Olympian. Yeah. Now's your chance to jump on board the hype train.
2: Yeah, new podcast coming. Stay tuned.
0: Got a name for that?
2: Uh in the works. I won't I won't release it. Killer. Yeah.
0: I like that's it. Happening. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right, so Let's cut back to this injury piece then. Yep. So you were saying you feel like it's, it's removed a bit of pressure momentarily. Yeah, totally. Is that with the view that, okay, once I've rehabbed this thing, I'm going to get back in the fire. And so I've just got this little window where I can like simmer down a bit. Mm. Or has it just changed your perspective of how the next couple of years plays out?
2: Um, maybe not the next couple of years, but more of a difference of perspective. Um, yeah, I just felt like a weight came off my shoulders yeah but it's a lesson. yeah yeah big lesson and it was like fuck yeah i'm gonna milk the shit out of this <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the first thing you said to me when you came back from the physio that day It was like fuck yeah and i was like what <laughs> and then we spoke about it later and you know what i brought up uh was john jones how he used to go out and this is the lightweight champion goat mma fighter light heavy light heavy sorry um who find out come to find out 10 years later after his long reign he'd used to go out the weekend before and go hard and do drugs and get wasted and he explained a little bit like it took the pressure off him because he felt like if he lost the fight it would be like ah fuck i, I got blasted last weekend yeah <laughs> but it's you know there's something in that psychology
0: absolutely i remember um, a powerlifting coach that i did a workshop with alan romero spent some time competing in russia and he was really blown away he trained with this russian powerlifting team for a period of time took their training really seriously they were all tapering towards this competition and the competition was coming up on the weekend and then they invited him out on the friday night and they all went out and got drunk on vodka and then showed up to the comp the next day and he was like he was super perplexed he's like what the fuck is this like you guys have been training so hard and they're like no the hard work is done now we just relax a little bit enjoy and then we show up to the competition tomorrow. And,
2: totally and that's sort of what i guess what i was trying to say before and jt's probably gonna beat my ass for saying it but you know like (laughs) that sense of not caring you know like and just be like yeah i did everything that i could and now it's just like i go there and i just trust myself and i and i have fun
0: i mean look i've been jt's mentor for many years now (laughs) and i tell him you know i'm like you need to stop trying so hard (laughs) (laughs) you know maybe if you tried a little bit less you would go further yeah but he this lesson is still not one he's been able to embody and so the journey continues but yeah in terms of um, in terms it's of a the lie guys i'm not his mentor please go on <laughs> in
2: terms of back to the injury it was like no nah, like this is cool like now i actually get to learn something because one of the things that i have a problem with in terms of coaching is because of my background with breaking i can learn things quite quickly compared to the normal person That has to work really hard to get stuff so not to brag like just to say like generally like um, you got that
0: upgraded operating system already yeah yeah
2: Yeah. Yeah. so like when it comes to learning things like i can just be like oh yeah sweet like i'll have a look and then usually i can figure it out Um, but the problem with that is i don't understand the steps to get there because i just get the thing yeah so when it comes to teaching somebody else how to do that i don't understand necessarily the steps and how to actually regress the thing. And that's the thing that I'm learning. And so having this injury it enabled me to take a step back and then understand, okay, like why do we need to do fucking bicep curls and tricep extensions, like, you know, just the basic stuff Um, because it just gave me more perspective of starting from zero again. So that was one of the things. Another thing was like I've never – not for a long time like part of like the creative process with breaking sometimes is to limit yourself and one of the concepts that came from like a teacher's name's like po one and we used to do it in our training all the time we used to create stuff with one hand or one foot or like you know like we just take away a limb because then it makes you discover what you're actually capable of so for me it was like yeah sweet like now i'll practice and i can do something different you know what i mean um yeah, and I think just having that sort of mentality behind it, I wasn't really hurt. It was more like, yeah, cool, this is mad. I'm just going to embrace it and just do the thing and fucking pump it on my socials, you know?
1: Yeah, because pretty much you you went straight to that mentality and like, you know, with the breaking thing, I see that the, the parameters there make you become more creative um, and then bang, you were just, the next day or whatever it was, you were flowing with without one arm and you could kind of see it but you were masking it well and it led to some funky shit which is really mad i thought that was so cool and um i like it as well for for the listeners for the general podcast because that pretty much speaks to movement and training in general with an injury breaker or not um and if you have that kind of mentality then you injure your leg then you're going to go do something else but it doesn't really stop you just got to get you got to work around it and it's a fun way to do it it's a really great thing to do and to have other things to work on is a very healthy way and keeps you moving all the time it's good
0: yeah injury is absolutely an opportunity mm. if you can see it as such i think for people who are limited with their training perspective like say if you go to um you know if you if you go to like just a standard kind of um f45 type thing where you just do these kind of strength conditioning sessions and then you get a, you know, you injure your hip. And it's like, oh, well, I can't fucking do that. But if you can look at like just a step, like, a, like go a layer deeper. And it's like, oh, well actually, maybe lower body's out for a little while, but I can really focus on upper body. Exactly. Maybe I could finally start to explore the handstand I've always wanted to do without being sucked into all of these other things that maybe, you know, maybe you like to do and are part of your regular training, but aren't necessarily pushing the needle that much for you
2: yeah and like I guess I got reminded of this like you know it all comes to to mindset. I' not so sure if you've read that book um, Carolyn Dweck yeah yeah, yeah she's the one and it talks about um growth mindset and then what's the other one like a victim mindset fixed, fixed mindset yeah um, yeah, it's pretty much exactly the same like you know if you put too much focus on what you can't do, like for me, it was just an arm, but I've got two legs, another arm you know what i mean like it's only a quarter of the limbs there's still everything else so there's nothing wrong you know yeah and i think if you have that sort of perspective especially just for the general public like it's real easy to like fall into a negative headspace and focus on the things that are like can't do this can't do that can't do this but you've got yeah like i said i still got two legs one other, and another arm it's fine yeah yeah
0: yeah it's a a really good point i think um I think where where general public get really caught up with that is when they they're not able to see the different potential expressions of the movement piece so they're like well I want to do I do jiu-jitsu and that's all I want to do and if I've hurt my arm I can't do jiu-jitsu and that's it you're like yeah okay fair enough like maybe rolling at jiu-jitsu is really exciting for you and you really like it but maybe it'd be beneficial for your jiu-jitsu or for your physical de- development to go and do some weightlifting for uh, six weeks you know and so okay take your time off jits, go do some weightlifting then come back jits, more muscle stronger like but if people can only a pigeonhole themselves into that one aspect of physicality or that one like culture like say with you if you were like no i'm, I'm a hip-hop guy like i break I don't fuck around in the gym barbells and gymnastic string i, I break then you potentially i mean well you're obviously very creative and you could adapt to it even in that setting but you could see that that would be a limited mindset for you too wouldn't it yeah totally for your development yeah
1: i mean i've got a bad left leg and a bad one shoulder and right I really see out of both eyes and and don't forget the wrists, of course wrists, but um you know i've still got um, one shoulder. That's right. And i fucking big.
0: I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the it is. A, I think that's a classic part of the coaching journey too: is getting injured and then realizing, oh shit, I can relate to my clients so much better now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like you know what you're, you're like, fuck, because it'll happen again. You'll keep getting, you know, there's injuries all through the way, and you're like, oh, that was when that person told me. Like, I look back after my knee injury, and I think back to my all of my warm-ups and classes for so long were super squat heavy because mm. i've always had a really comfortable resting squat and i would just do all of this low gate shit and there'd be people in the class like maybe who had had a surgery some years before or had a stiff knee or whatever and i was just like yeah just fucking get in there do what you can and i look back and i'm like i could have been so much more accommodating to those people knowing what i know now yeah because i understand how uncomfortable that position can be for them mm. For us
1: i actually that's exactly what's happened to me from last weekend i got an injury on the weekend sorted it out made me go down a bit of a rabbit hole and i already felt like helped two people this week what what was the injury i, and what I did the spartan race uh 10k is 25 obstacles with some members here at the gym did exactly zero kilometers of running for it perfect hips have been a bit unstable and i've got this this calf from my my injury and i knew this is this is bad going in i'm going to get an overuse injury for sure exactly that happened side of the knee started getting pain while i was running and it just got more and more uh come to find out it's uh itb friction i've never had a running injury before in my life so um and i lots of people kind of will will say oh yeah my knee's a bit you know, and you often say, "Oh, where is it?" But because I've never had any knee injuries except for like a hyperflexion ones, and that was fine. it's pretty straightforward kind of rehab. I never really, I can't really offer so much in that space. But as soon as one of the members here was like, "I've got," and not that I diagnosed it as the, on the spot, but it was like all the same things, you know. And it's a weak glute. It was just amazing because I asked, "Where is the pain?" And then we tested it, and it wasn't at the same angle range and then he explained how he gets it and it's when he runs more than three kilometers when he gets above that it's it was just amazing and I was like that's fucking cool and I gave him a couple drills and you know to start with and then you know you can go check it out from there but yeah uh, imagine if you never ever copped an injury how would you ever help someone yeah Uh, not to say go and get injuries but it just means that when you do have injuries you end up just helping people who had that same injury
0: yeah I I think it i think it speaks to a lot like the the importance of relatability mm. as a coach but then also the importance of following a similar process to the one that you're peddling to your people mm. it's like because you know when they're like oh whatever uh, this strength program i'm finding it really challenging for this reason you can go yeah i know because i also do strength training and i know what it's like and i know that after six weeks of the same shit it gets really boring but you know we've got to make it to the eight week mark or whatever but you just you can speak from that place of i've been there too Mm. versus the person who is just not you know whatever you're peddling something that's totally different to what you do for yourself yeah you you, there's going to be so many blind spots that you really don't know about Mm. um yeah injuries are. i i i find that i I sometimes get hung up on the injury thing. It's obviously something that I talk a lot a lot about within Bulletproof yeah, uh, because it's a huge part of jiu-jitsu, uh, you know, as it is with any contact sport. Um, but injuries are so prevalent. Then you look at the flip side. So it's like, well, if you want to do a contact sport, you're going to get injured. But you look at the flip side, which is, well, don't do anything. You're going to get injured doing that. Yeah. So th- what I kind of settle on is that you have to get injured. Like it's going to happen no matter what. And you can either choose to take the path of the training injuries which come about because you are involved in a process of strengthening the body and expanding its capabilities. And the hope is that those smaller injuries, sometimes they could be big, unfortunately, but generally they're going to be smaller. The hope is that they can then protect you from the larger ones so you don't have to deal with those. Versus never ever getting injured But still getting injured because you're just avoiding physicality altogether and then you do cop the big fucking injuries down the track. Yeah. Which is you know, you're just like you're weak as shit and your knee buckles when you miss a step. Yeah. Or, you know, you slip a disc because you're at the computer all day and you were getting out of the car wrong, whatever.
2: Yeah. And it's just like um the percentage of like, you know, you could get hit by a car, you know? Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. But I guess like obviously if you better prepare yourself, in terms of your physicality and your body, not in terms of you can avoid a car, but in terms of like putting yourself in different positions and different ranges. Like, I totally agree. Because, like, <laughs> 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 what happened to Brendan? He,
0: he
1: got hit by a car. Below. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. How'd he go? Unlucky. Mm. Um, yeah, his, ne- his knees is a bit damaged. Uh, he had an MRI and <laughs> oof, and, um, Yeah, I'm not sure. He's probably got the results now. I Should give him a buzz. But,
0: Brandon, if you hear this in time, call
1: in. Uh, Let us let us know, Brad. Let us know. Let's get you on the air. (laughs) Yeah, it was a guy living out of his car who was a bit crazy. Who just thought that they were they he him and his friend were were hassling him and woke and disturbed him in his car. They got confused. He thought that B and, and his mate were right. Were the guys who disturbed him in his car while he was sleeping. So when B walked past, he saw them and, and started following them. And then he just like, pulled in the driveway and just like, boom, hit them.
0: Oh, like maliciously? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where the fuck did this happen?
1: Saturday. Last weekend, Saturday night. Like around here? Oh, no. It was like uh, Marrickville, Alexandria, Burroughs Road. Like,
0: yeah. Jeez, that sounds like a weird scenario.
1: Yeah, I know. Are they, are they like pressing charges and shit? The cops will... Because you can't go around hitting car, hitting people with cars. He was like, "I don't yeah, want to no press shit, I don't want to press charges." B was like, <laughs> angry as fuck. But you know what's he going to do? Like, you know he's angry. He wants to bash, the, like hit the guy and go like, "What the? What was that about?" But he's a 60 year old dude living out of a car is just a bit loopy, you know. So anyway, wow. cop, cops will take action, but B is just like pissed because he's knees bugged right now. Yeah,
0: fuck, poor guy. Yeah, I mean that shit's always going to happen. Like, there's always potential for that random stuff. But arguably, if you are strong and in good shape, yeah, you're like, gonna you're gonna ba- you know you're gonna yeah. bounce back faster than someone who maybe isn't. Yeah,
2: and like my injury was just a freak accident. It, there was nothing I could have done that would have stopped it. Yeah, maybe if I was a little bit more in tune with my body and I realized that I was tired, and maybe that's not what I should be doing. But at the end of the day, like I said, it was like a simple movement. It was super basic and it just happened, you know. There was like, It was out of my control. Always at the end of a workout, last reps. Yeah, yeah, always at the end.
0: It's like the, uh, the last run when you're at the snow. It's like, I oh, go on, let's do one last one. And that's always where you get fucked up. <laughs> you never declare last one. Yep. Um, yeah, okay, I feel that. And so tell me more about that that uh that sort of idea of being happy about it that there's it's taken the pressure off but that there's other things that you can explore in your training now Mm. because okay makes sense like you can train with just one arm and and your two legs but i'm guessing that gets a little bit kind of that wears off after a little while because like fuck how much stuff can i actually do there yeah how do you stay how do you continue to maximize this opportunity
2: um i guess just using it as a period of research you know like there was just a lot of testing figuring out what i can what i can't do uh like obviously like my my trainings changed a little bit especially with my strength training um yeah it's hard to answer that's like a a really like hard question to answer but it's more like yeah just use it like just taking the pressure off like Maybe I put the handbrake on a little bit um, and maybe there's a, le- a little bit less care in terms of what I do as long as I'm still moving and I'm still doing what I need to do and doing like my homework, doing my rehab, like that takes priority, yep. you know. Um, but yeah, most of the time it was, it was just testing. What I did find that was actually um, a bit of a, a struggle was the first week I couldn't even, like I said, I couldn't even load my arm. I couldn't extend it. So something as simple as like a push-up position or a bear crawl or a bear hold I couldn't do so in terms of my warm-ups for when I was coaching class I do a lot of stuff with all four limbs so that really like tested me Um, and I guess it's also a blessing because it was like okay like now instead of just demoing and just showing how to do the thing I have to learn to be better and how do I explain it and get getting others to understand what I'm talking about without me actually doing the thing. Did
0: did you find it was tricky at first, um, the prospect of having to get someone up to demo something for you and you just talk through it? Yeah, totally. Uh, Yeah, talk to me about that.
2: Um, Yeah, I guess because I still feel quite green in terms of like my coaching career. Um, So in terms of, yeah, like doing the thing and then, getting other people to come up and do the thing for you, because I'm just used to being able to do it all the time. Um, yeah, it was it was a little bit confronting, but I'm lucky that, like, a lot of the people, or, like, a lot of the classes maybe had one or two people that could do the things that I need to do. So that was fine. And, like, I've got a couple of good regulars that I can really rely on um, that pretty much know exactly what they need to do. And all I've got to do is just explain that to everybody else.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I, I think I, always, I remember coming to a similar point with my coaching where and I still don't feel <clears throat> super confident to get someone up and talk them through a demo while they do it. Mm. There's, a real, there's a real art to that. <clears throat> you can almost bypass it by just doing it yourself. Yep. But you realize that you're, you're, you're not developing this other aspect of coaching to a group of people. Yeah, totally. How do you find that piece, Paulie? Do you, do you do that much? Like get talk someone else through a demonstration while you're talking to the group or is it always you?
1: No, I have done and I do do I, – I don't make a point of doing it. I did it last Wednesday night or mm-hmm. uh, Wednesday night this week um, simply because there's people in the class that do it better than I do when it comes to some mobility pieces, uh, you know, because – a young young fellow, and he has a much more mobile spine um when he's doing this kind of spinal wave thing uh people can see the intention of how it's supposed to look better um yeah i haven't really thought about it. i don't mind doing it um i'd never choose someone who i didn't know had a level of you know body awareness because then it would just be a bit of a train wreck hey so just push your hips back there and then just you know they'd completely not be able to do it and then i'd be in deep water yeah like oh why don't you just step back over there and i'll get someone else you yeah. <laughs> can't do that but yeah i, I do it occasionally it, it is a, another piece and as you were saying that i was like oh, i should try and do that more to to challenge myself with it but um i i like that i like not doing it um because i can see it in point and cue dude i'd i'd use a whiteboard way more if i could but fuck i talk too much when i coach anyway but i would use a i would use a whiteboard he's laughing because i'm always like i would use and sometimes i do like just with with chalk just to just to explain something you know um just to make it really obvious um but yeah it's it's a it's a powerful thing
2: and like i honestly think like that's the next stage of coaching in terms of like having a high standard or high quality being able to talk someone else through the thing obviously shows how well you you understand the movement but also how to communicate that to other people and i think that's a really really cool way to demonstrate um yeah the quality of coaching and i think um a really good example was that was that at your workshop in the rings workshop and you got um sheila Sheila yeah to do the demo that was so mad that was so sick
0: yeah yeah she did like a like a ring support like a plank on the rings wow yeah how old is she she's in a 50 something Don't don't no i shouldn't guess it was her birthday that day yeah yeah she nailed it yeah Yeah. and i and i um yeah yeah she did it she did it really well um yeah, it's an area of, you know, because we're saying like before, I, I don't coach a lot in front of a class mm. much these days. It was cool to do that on the day a bit because it's a workshop. You have a bit more time to do it versus a class where it's usually like, I'll just do it myself because it's quicker. Yeah. But um, I, I totally agree. I think it's a very, it's a nice, it, it shows that you have great understanding when you can coach someone else live to yep. demonstrate a thing without having to say a lot yeah totally like to make it effective versus they do it and you're like okay thanks that was pretty good guys i'll just show you again what that looks like and you kind of have to just cover up your tracks a little bit
2: yeah i've already noticed like yeah in the past two weeks i definitely think my coaching has gotten a lot better just because of i've had to learn how to communicate better and more oh i thought you were gonna say because you came to
0: my rings workshop no bro (laughs) Coincidence? I don't think so (laughs) That's cool man Yeah, I like that Um, I think we'll close it up there Look I really think that's a It's a perspective that We can take for granted Mm. This one of like Yeah I got injured But hey it's like Allowed me to focus my vision On other things Uh, I think it's a really valuable Quality for people to try and adopt Um, Because injuries are going to happen you're gonna have periods where you're not able to engage COVID was a great example yeah. all of a sudden whatever you like going to play squash twice a week okay you can't do that anymore or your fucking weekend soccer's out or whatever it is um, but being able to go alright well maybe it's not ideal but I can still do these things and maybe there's an opportunity for me to explore this other aspect of my body that I don't often look at yeah. uh, I like that and I hope that whoever's listening can take some inspiration from that because injury is coming for all of us. That's it. Just adapt. When uh, when do you expect to be back at full power?
2: Um, I've been cleared by the physio. I saw him yesterday. But it's more of a confidence thing. Yeah. So I reckon by next week, like I said, I can, I'm can. i pretty much 100%. I would say I'm 95. I can do everything that a normal person can do. Um, but in terms when it comes to more...
1: You do more than what normal people can do, but <laughs> it's when, true.
2: But when it comes to breaking, like it's still a little bit bit of testing here and there. But like, I I practiced on Wednesday, and yeah, it was fine. I did heaps of dynamic stuff, and it was fine. So yeah, it's just a, a mental thing. There's a little bit of achiness, um, but yeah, I reckon another week, two weeks, I'll probably be back even better.
0: Good man. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you on your socials and all that stuff? Anything you got going on? Give it a plug.
2: The Boogie Bandit. Yeah, one word, Instagram, find me, Uh, handstands, raking, I teach kids also, also strength for b-boys, I got a handstand group starting in a week and a half, 19th of April, capped at five people, Tuesday, Thursday morning, 5.30 to 7, I've only got two slots left, so get at me.
0: Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Bro, that sounds cool. It's on. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, man. Good to have you you on the show. Paulie, good to see you always,
1: bro. Thanks, man. Boogie Bandit. Love your work. Good luck with the battle this weekend.
0: Thanks, guys. Cheers, bro. Yeah, win. Otherwise, JT's going to be real pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks for tuning in. Hope you dug the episode. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye.